Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by my company, One Circle Media. One Circle Media is a hybrid digital agency and media content creator. We create and design apps, websites, videos, social media content, and physical products. We are artists, directors, designers, producers, coders, editors, thinkers, makers, and creators who embrace story and creativity from design, web and app development, animation, docs, features, TV shows, digital and social media content to physical products. For our clients, we create content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. This episode is also brought to you by an app that I created called Still Believe. Still Believe transforms a picture in your home into video proof of your child's favorite magical characters. With the app, parents can catch the magic of the tooth fairy, leaving money under their children's pillow or Santa delivering presents on Christmas Eve in their home. You download the app, take a picture, and we create the magic. We utilize feature film visual effects artists to transform your picture into video. Just tell your kids that you have a special app that can detect and capture the tooth fairy then present them with the video proof in the morning. The look on their faces is priceless. Your Still Believe video is created in minutes, and you can then save it to your phone and share it on social media. The app is available for the iPhone and Android, and it's free to download. Our aim is to bring joy and wonder into the hearts of children around the world. Check it out at stillbelieve.co. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience. The working experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on Stand the- clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. They're moving in a different and after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was wow. moving his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can't. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Working Experience Podcast. It's Matty K. And John, and we're both working from home. Right, Matt? Up at 6 a.m. getting primed for the... I'm. I'm okay, I got to admit, the first like three weeks of this kind of at a loss didn't really know what to do new leaf this morning 6 a.m up ready to go here we go you you, you get up so late it's like <laughs> 3 p.m and you think it's 3 a.m <laughs> looks like all the shades pulled you know uh the thing is folks you need to stick to a schedule okay it doesn't have to be 6 a.m let's say you get up at one in the afternoon all right you shuffle around for about a half hour trying to figure out what's going on. Hey, you've you've missed four work Zoom calls. Yeah, well, that's all right. You can always see the beauty of this is you just say, 
you know, man, my internet's so overwhelmed. I just can't, you know, I don't know what's going on. Well, I, I like the uh, cardboard cutout. <laughs> just stick that in front of the uh, webcam. Have it be the worst. <laughs> it's like a hand drawn. The, the dog comes in and knocks it over. Matt? Matt? It's like a mop handle, the, the head of a mop with a, with a face on it. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's just, oh, yeah, I'm really feeling terrible. I look awful. So, you know, maybe you shuffle around for a half hour, 45 minutes. Then go put the frozen pizza in the oven. That's probably going to take about a half hour, right? And you can figure out, you can strategize what you're going to watch on Netflix. Um, yeah, isn't, uh, this is like... Um all of these like management time management gurus right you segment your day right Right. yeah you schedule you gotta schedule it out so probably by around 2 15 your frozen pizza's ready get that eat half of it you know obviously while you're watching something on your computer or tv or whatever now you're probably ready for a rejuvenating nap because all that food, man, that just you know. Oh, you you need that nap. <laughs> so maybe listen, you... you don't want you don't want a red line. No, <laughs> redlining. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's right. You want it. You, you can yellow or purple it or green it. You know, however you want to term that. Dial it back. Lavender. Maybe that's a more soothing color. Oh, I like that lavender. Red is very threatening. It's very oh man. You're very a, threatening. You're an overload. Uh, then you maybe wake up around four again and uh, may- maybe check your work email, see what's going on over there. You know, uh, the trick is really just to respond to at least one and just say, hey, I got your email. You can almost put the, probably put this in as an automated response. Hey, I got your email. Let me check up on that and circle back to you. I like that phrase. Circle. I like the circle back. Well, this circle is circle back. I mean, this is a this is a master class right here. Almost being written by itself. <laughs> exactly. So it's probably around five in the afternoon, and you're ready to settle in for the next what? I would say two, three hours. You know. Oh yeah. Get in that couch. Get that Netflix. Get, you got multiple yeah. series you want to watch. Yep. Yeah. So let me give you what I say it was four or five. So you do that till about eight o'clock. Now remember, you have that other half of the frozen pizza in there waiting for you, right? Ooh, good point. <laughs> and and throughout the day, remember to snack and keep your your strength up. Chips, cookies. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm wondering how many people have just gone off the rails <laughs> you know like many. walking around like you're unshaven you got one sock on <laughs> you, you've been wearing the same clothes for four days so the one sock is very <laughs> indicative of uh you're tipping on the precipice <laughs> you know you're about well, to go into well, a think about it like if you're if you like really are home alone, you're not going out. Like you don't need to really wash yourself or wash your hands. No, no. But I, I mean, I start to feel really gross. Like I, <laughs> I gotta get in there and shower up. But yeah, I but, get your but point. some people, when you take out that road routine, yeah, no, they they go they go hell. off the rails. There's a lot of, uh, and it's not women. It happens to it's men when they get over a certain age. Everything just falls by the wayside. They don't care, you know, personal hygiene, <laughs> keeping up appearances. Nah, <laughs> just not going to do it anymore. You know, 
Yeah, um, listen, you you, you got you to gotta get into a routine and you got to stick to it. Otherwise, you're going to go crazy. Yeah. I mean, some people might call it a rut. <laughs> it depends on how you <laughs> look lo- at I things. love the term rut. The old rut. Well, how, I mean, how can you not, I mean, it's, it's, it's asking a lot of people right now to not get in a rut. I mean, they're telling people to stay home. Now, for many people, this seems like a dream come true. I mean, they would give anything to just stay home and never have to go like they look for excuses not only to not go to work that's just taken as rip but i mean i had a roommate years ago who he rarely left the apartment i mean he would be watching tv when it was a saturday 80 degrees out in june like he just looked for excuses to not leave the house and i mean he was a real lesson in sloth he must be loving this actually uh, but I mean, he was like a Jedi of sloth. Like he, he was in a zone with this. I mean, most people would have thrown themselves under a train. This is what he lived for. Well, all of that practice is now paying off. Paying He's off. He's probably whistling Dixie right now. <laughs> he has no problem at all. I have to stay in this small apartment and just watch television. I'm, I'm told to stay home, borderline ordered to stay home beautiful absolutely it's going to be really interesting when we come out the on the other end of this is how many companies realize that hey i don't need to spend millions of dollars in commercial rent i can have half my workforce work from home without any issue i mean this is very good practice there have i mean in new york is it all workers are ordered to stay home now I mean, unless you, you work for the city or something. Yeah, like if that. you're an essential business, then you can operate like restaurants and f- like obviously supermarkets, pharmacies, uh, some doctors' offices, hospitals. Obviously, but all, um, but all the offices are closed, like AT and T, places like that. Yeah, but like AT and T and Verizon, like cell phone, that's considered an essential business. Okay, so some of those people. So are. It, it all depends. Like if you're like my business. It's a media business. No, no one's working there. You That's what I mean. Like a, like a marketing yeah. company. Nobody's going in. Yeah, no, no. no one. Everyone's working from home. I wonder about financial services. I mean, they can work from home pretty much, can't they? Yeah, it, de- it depends on like your... They can work from home, right? But like you, the markets can't shut down. Right. But it, it it depends on that. Financial services would be like an essential. So like, for instance, like... There are a lot of banks, branches by me have closed or have reduced hours. Or there's like, you know, there might be like five Chase branches by me within driving distance. And now it's down to one. Actually, my local bank, there oh, there are people in there, but you can only do the drive through. But there are people right. in there. So, so there are things like that. So they can't okay. like they can't shut down the banks. You know, but it, yes, any non-essential business is essentially shut shut not shut down they're operating from home but you know if this gets worse and it's going to get worse i think that's the common consensus i mean it is conceivable the markets could shut down i mean if it's too dangerous for people to go in and to go anywhere where there's other people you mean like the supermarkets no no i mean the financial markets i mean it's conceivable that it could happen uh, it's, it's it's conceivable but you know the the financial markets 
um, it there's it's not just the U.S. It's the it's the global market. Oh, I know. I, I, know. I don't think that I don't think that would happen because what's going to happen is there'll be a wave in New York and then it will peak and there'll be a wave in Chicago. You, you know what I mean? It's not like it's going to happen all at once, all at the same time. Well, I was more thinking of like the New York Stock Exchange that 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 would clo- have to close down for a period of time because just- well, it did it it did. The, the floor is closed on the New York Stock Exchange. It's now all electronic. Oh, okay. I so think it is like electronic. Three, okay. I, got you. I think three traders got the coronavirus. Right. But it's not shut down. Right, it's just, right. It was right. mostly electronic anyway. Okay, yeah, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it will be very interesting to see how the zombie-like state of the population coming out of this and what june maybe is this i don't know is there some conceivable may june i mean there's gonna have to be um you know what you know when is enough enough do you know i mean you we can't quarantine for the for the rest of 2020 yeah i i don't know i mean i i guess at least until the end of april they're they're talking well yeah it is until the end of april right now and then beyond that i mean there's nothing to say it's just going to stop on April 30th and we're all we're all done and no. getting and, out there. and I mean unemployment claims at least in New York state are just mush I mean it's ridiculous the numbers well there was a woman on CNN saying the reason they're not higher is because the offices can't process them quickly enough with never they're not equipped to handle this and right yeah it's kind of an all all at once mentality yeah and uh I mean, for people who are, are still getting paid, who still have a paycheck coming in, which I do, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, which I don't. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you can see people starting to... I, I can picture late nights where people are like, what is going to happen next month when, you know, like, is it going to be more mortgage forgiveness or my, you know... Uh, is my landlord going to come knocking? Am I going to have to pay back rent? Like, you know, or retroactive mortgage or, you know, there's a lot of credit well, card I know. Bills. I think, uh, I think Wells Fargo gave its customers a 90 day, um, like forgiveness, not, not forgiveness of the loan, but they'll just put it on the back end. Yeah. So you don't have to pay your mortgage for 90 days, but yeah, no, you've got, you know, Americans have mortgage payments, uh, car payments, credit cards. I mean, the whole, the whole lot of it. Yeah, and everybody's waiting on their check from the government, which I suppose is supposed to come in another couple of weeks or something like that. I mean, it's good, but fifteen hundred dollars. You know, if you're if you got a family, that doesn't go that far. No, it doesn't go that far. So, and I mean, also too, you got to figure that I forget what the statistic is, but. Like over fifty percent of Americans would be crushed by a four hundred dollar unexpected bill, and now so they've got almost zero savings, zero cushion, and now they've lost their jobs. Not a right. good recipe. Yeah, and the the tendency is to sort of wag your finger and say you should have saved money, but for a lot of people, it's not because they're irresponsible. They just that's they don't make a lot of money, and that's how they have to live. Yeah, and and also too this I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of healthy businesses that could eventually go under. I mean, this was no fault of their own. I mean, restaurants by us are, it's they're decimated. Yes, 
Yeah. And, you know, if you're... A, I mean, healthy ones, like... Right. That have been around for decades. Well, there's a, a restaurant that we ordered from on Friday. They've been there for decades. I mean, I, they were there when I was a kid. I'm 46. So they, at least 50 years, probably more than that. They'll probably be okay because I assume they've been in that building so long, they must own the building. The mortgage must be paid off. And... They have a, a very dedicated staff, meaning like you generally see the same wait staff every time you go. The owner's always there. Uh, there were other people getting takeout meals. Obviously, they're taking a hit. But a place that like just opened six months ago, Oof. that's going to be rough. I mean, restaurants yeah. lose money the first three years, I think, is the common wisdom anyway. And if you've if, now this hits, which is totally unforeseeable, you know. That's it's terrible, and especially when someone's put their life savings into it. They got loans, you know, from the bank. I mean, it, but you know, customers, even if they get loans from the federal government, even if the bank forgives the loans for a while, you just lose all those customers. You know, they just you get off their radar. Yeah, I mean, your your, rev, your revenue is basically gone from you know X to like zero, right? Yeah, or negative. I mean, you could just because you know I have a. You know, I have a buddy who owns um, a restaurant in town and, you know, his his profits are in the drinks, you know, serving booze. Right. Like he doesn't make a lot of money from food. So takeout, he just shut down. Yeah. Like he can't he can't operate with takeout. Yeah, I know. It, like a high end restaurant. I See, I think the pizza places like the small town pizza places, we have more of those around here. I mean, you throw a rock and you'll hit one. But those places have always done a lot of takeout subs, pizzas. Yeah, they, so they should. Yeah, they should be okay. But then people here in New York within the next two weeks are going to be afraid to step foot outside. That's true. That is true. And I mean, well, those pizza places, I was going to say, have probably seen an uptick in business because it's like a lot of people, I, I think, are really, especially in places like New York City, who live in cities, they're not used to cooking at home. Like it's kind of a foreign concept. So now it's, I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine who's like, yeah, like we, he lives with his girlfriend and he's like, now we're going to the supermarket and buying food and cooking it at home. And he's like, it's a lot cheaper. And I was like, yeah, it is a lot cheaper, <laughs> you know, cause he lives in Manhattan in the heart of Manhattan. And, you know, it's like, uh, it, it is, yeah, significantly, uh, significantly cheaper to, to cook at home and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people. Uh, well, I think he has, you know, he he has cooked in the past at home for himself, and now he's got his girlfriend there, so uh, they're doing that. But I'm sure there's a lot of people who um, they, uh, you know, haven't even made a cup of coffee at home. Like they don't even do that. And it's, right. Yeah. You well, know. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Um, so. But so so getting back to working from home, this is not a new. Um, experience for me. I've I've worked from home um, in the past, uh, and I'm obviously working from home now. So it's not too big of a deal. I've you know run projects and teams from home, but you know I've never worked from home for this for this long. I've you know I've always gone into the office into Manhattan. Um, What's going on so, at WeWork? Like what? It's what? A good. It's a good question. I don't. I don't know because I don't know what's their going. whole business is 
centered around communal workspace, which is verboten now. I mean, you can't do that. So Correct. I mean, there's still the all. My office, which is at WeWork, is still technically open. Can you go but in? There? I haven't. I don't know. I haven't been in there in in two weeks. I, I don't know. Would you? I mean, are they still running the Long Island Railroad? They are, but it's a very like limited schedule. If I wanted to go in there, I could go in there, and I do have access to my office. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yeah, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't go in. I wonder what's going to happen. Like, did you have to pay for April? Yep. Yep. Yeah. See, I wonder what if the you line... know there there's there's no rent forgiveness there, but their um their lifeline from I think it was SoftBank. They were going to give them a $3 billion. It was either a loan or investment. I can't remember. They pulled that. So I think WeWork is not in good financial standing right now. I and, would assume. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You know, and this is going to have ramifications for their future business. I'm sure a good amount of tenants are going to bail. I was going to say, are you guys are month to month, right? That's how we're month to month. Yeah. So we, I could basically, you know, cancel my, we work, you know, I'm, I'm in for April, but I could cancel it by May if I wanted to. I, I mean, I would imagine a, a significant number of people canceled for April. So, you know, why bother? Yes. I mean, I don't know the numbers behind that, um, but I think there's going to be, there's definitely going to be a trickle down effect. And I think they're going to have a lot of, you know, trouble um, in the coming months and the coming year. Yeah. They, I mean, they could run out of cash and go bankrupt. Well, yeah. I mean, even May, are people going to be rushing into Manhattan in May? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, well, it's also too, it's like, you know, this has affected small businesses and startups and that's a good chunk of WeWork's business. That's what I mean. If somebody is like already strapped for cash and they're like, well, nobody can even come into the office. Why am I going to pay for April and May? Like why? And the thing is once, you know, if I'm kind of surprised and I think it's not very good business that WeWork didn't at least forgive April, you know, to keep people there. Oh, I think if they forgave April, they would. Go they under. Would, they would <laughs> go under. I mean, it, it is. I mean, they've already had. They were already in trouble before this. That's right. Yeah, they just so overextended themselves. You know, it seems to me. Yeah, anyway. they, and they and they. I think they've got a new CEO who's pulling back on like, you know, the we live and yeah. the we nursery and all I that know. crap. I know. Uh, was... But even still, they have. I mean, they have a ton of locations, which is. Which is good for me. It's like when I go to another um, state or country and I need a place, you know, to meet a client or a place to work out if I'm on a production there, we work inevitably is there. Yeah, which is great. I mean, that's a great selling point. It's a great, it's great. But, you know, they they have a ton and they don't own anything. That's the thing. Like they don't own, they just are... You know, and they're in long-term leases from commercial landlords. Yeah, and you know, it, it reminds me of like that book I've mentioned numerous times by Anthony Bourdain, Kitchen Confidential. He said, you know, he'd see some people, like a couple of guys, open a sports bar in Manhattan. Place did really well. Uh, pretty much standard sports bar. A lot of TVs. I think they were kind of getting in when that whole sports bar thing was. Uh, 
becoming more popular. Great business model. You know, standard food, wings, burgers, beer, bar, blah, blah, blah. Then they open one in Baltimore. And he's like, okay, you know. So the one in Baltimore is doing okay, but they're using some money from the New York location to keep, you know, to pump into Baltimore, which is not unheard of. Baltimore starts doing, you know, okay. And then they open a third location. And then the whole thing goes under because... They're using the... They overextended. They totally overextended. It's like this always seems to happen with... I shouldn't say always. I'm sure there's a lot of businesses that don't. But it's like with WeWork, it's like you have a great business model. You're making a ton of money off of it. Just stick with that. Like why, you know... But then people get visions of great... Well, I mean, they weren't... They were never making a ton of money. They were getting a ton of investment. Yeah, specifically okay. from that Japanese company, I think it was SoftBank, um, which was funneling tens of billions of dollars into them, wow. or, or billions. I don't know if it was tens of billions, and they were using that money to expand based on a future valuation that looks, you know, like Crazyville right now. Yeah. Well, and you know, just to get back to the current situation, you know, come May and June, I would say even into July. People are not going to be that crazy about getting into a big communal space. I mean, there's there's going to right. be a lot. Long... That's going to affect, you know, concerts, going to affect sports. I think everything with sports is canceled for the summer. I, I think it's kind of done. That ES, not ESPN. Uh, I mentioned ESPN because I heard Adam Schefter on the, uh, on the radio the other day. They were talking about the NFL draft on April 23rd, and apparently they're still going to do that. But they've been kind of getting pushback about it because it's like it just seems very insensitive right now. You know, yeah, I think I think they're going to eventually push that back. That would be my guess. I think the NFL season is going to go on, you know, go off without a hitch. I think the NBA is done. I don't think they're going to come back for the playoffs. When are the playoffs Um, for that? What's that? When are the playoffs for the NBA? I think it's usually like the beginning of May. Okay. But um, but there's no way to, for them to determine like who should be in the playoffs because their season has been cut off. Right. So they yeah. would have to in some way determine which teams play. Would there be some sort of like playoffs, you know, for the playoffs? Yeah. Do you know what keep, I mean? Like I, they keep talking about that. They keep talking about like pushing it forward and having them play some games, and then where would they play? And there are all kinds of issues with even getting team members there. Uh, you know, traveling's an issue, even though these guys are pretty sequestered when they travel. And Because I think you know, what's going to happen is, like, you're going to have certain states within the United States and certain parts of the world are going to reach their peak, and then, and then it's going to slowly come down but you're still going to be able to spread the virus after the peak. It's not like the virus is just going to go away. So, well, it would be very fool. Like if let's say, you know, Massachusetts by the end of May had really tapered off to very few cases. You can't just like go back to business as usual because right. Then it's right. It's not like the virus left and is gone like you don't want a resurgence so you still need that tapering off period where people are still probably somewhat you know uh, quarantined Um, but to get back to the sports thing like 
they canceled Wimbledon because that's time sensitive. They can't, I guess they've tried to postpone the French open and the U S open. Uh, but again, these things need to be played at a certain time because they're outdoors. You can't push them into October, November because you can't play tennis outside at that time. Generally speaking, uh, the NFL playing in September, I, I guess is still iffy. They've been laying contingency plans. One plan was to have a stadium out in the middle of nowhere, like North Dakota, and have all the teams... I, I, I heard this on the radio. This is not like something I read on the internet. That all the teams would go live there and play there in an empty stadium. And that really? this is how they would do the NFL season, at least to start. So there's wow. no guarantees it's going to start in September. Uh I mean, you'd hope. You'd hope things were back to sort of quasi-normal by then, but who who knows? I mean, look at China. Exactly. Who knows? China's not out of the woods, apparently. And, uh, I mean, my sister-in-law and my brother both work for the federal government. This is not inside information, but apparently the CIA is trying to figure out what the actual numbers are in China because... The Chinese government and communist governments have not been traditionally transparent about revealing bad things going on in their country. So, well, I mean, you just you just look at the numbers and what's happening in the U.S. right now, and where the outbreak happened. Only eighty thousand people got it out of a population of fifteen million, and then the larger company is a uh, larger country is two billion people. Yeah, does it? Something doesn't add up, and it's all done, finished. Yeah, it's <laughs> we're, done. We're all set, <laughs> all good, business as usual. Uh, of course, China is supplying us with masks and things like that. So you know, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's very. Uh, I hesitate. I, I, I don't like to keep belaboring the point that it's an odd situation. Everybody knows that. Uh, so I, you know, while we are all on quarantine. Um, Everybody well, just before just before you start that point, I wanted to ask you, what is it like for you to work from home, teaching from home? Yeah, see, I have never worked from home. Like this is a very foreign concept to me, uh, and I think, I mean, there are some virtual schools that some people do do these things, but I think percentage wise, it's very small. So for us, it's been a lot of the last three weeks. So is that March? 12th was our last day so this is um first week of april so it's been about three weeks and uh we've been there's a lot of things going back and forth about video conferencing with kids using zoom using google hangout uh there's been issues with that because kids can quote unquote zoom bomb uh yeah have, now, have you done Zoom classes? No, no. I am not going to do the video thing. I Every time I think about it, I, I hear problems. And there's problems with scheduling because it's not just me. You know, they have science classes, math classes, and all that. So what's happened is that three teachers have scheduled Zoom sessions at exactly the same time, like 9 o'clock Monday morning. And it frustrates people because, right. you know you can't be in three places at once. Um, so for me, it's a matter of using Google Classroom. I find Google Classroom very straightforward. Like, here's a document. 
Here are the questions I want you to answer. Here's what I want you to do. Uh, we were not setting deadlines until this week, actually, because there's also a lot of issues with kids um, not having access to the Internet. You know, not everybody does at home. So, I mean, I teach... I'm sure there are also issues with, you know, families that have, you know, three kids and exactly. there are two computers in the house. Right. Or maybe there's one computer, mom and dad have to use it for work. You know, my friend Chris, his daughter has basically taken over his laptop. I mean, she, she goes to a private school and um, they've been online. So, you know, but the idea of going out and buying another laptop for this, I mean, you know, some families just don't have that money. And uh, so there's, you know, equity issues is what we call them. That, um, you know, if you put a deadline on something and, you know, maybe you have a class of 20 kids and two of them can't get online, you know, now you're you're putting them at a disadvantage and obviously they, you know, there's social emotional issues too. Like those kids feel badly. They feel left out. I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety with AP students who are, you know, college bound and they get very anxious about their grades. So what we've been trying to do is set soft deadlines. We count the work, but it doesn't count on their grades. We're still really not sure what to do about grades. Um, because we were about midway through term three, and it's sort of like, you know, I had I had tests I still needed to do and things like that. I can't do that online. Uh, so, yeah, it's, um, you know, you're trying to put up assignments. And so today I will send out an email saying, okay, I put these assignments up. Now here's the due date for them. And, you know, that's how we're trying to do it. So I know some teachers have put their toe in the water with... Uh, doing Zoom classes and things. I've done a Zoom thing with a couple of friends on Friday or Saturday. And the thing is that, like, I don't know if it's... I have a pretty new computer. I have a MacBook Pro. But there were all these delays and kind of glitches. And that was just with two or three people on it. I don't well, I know. Think that's, I think that's because their, their servers are probably overloaded. Everyone's working from home or, or learning from home and... the there's just a bottleneck on the internet. Yeah, so the idea of having 20 kids on on one thing and trying to communicate with 20 kids, I, I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. <laughs> I don't, I know, again, I know some teachers have done it and they've, or they've tried to do it. Um, and for me, I teach English. You know, I could see science teachers, math teachers, particularly science teachers, putting up videos to, I don't, you know, we read, we write, they answer questions. It does, I don't really need to be, you know, doing that. So I figure I'll, I'll leave it to them. Um, plus, uh, all my students would sort of be in my home, so to speak, which is kind of a weird thing. <laughs> you know, I, I could see me like in the middle of a Zoom class, something happens. I'm like, all right, kids, I got to go deal with something for a second. And then just never coming back because I get distracted. You're forgetting. <laughs> forgetting. <laughs> Down watching television. Yeah, you're like, watching Netflix. Yeah. And then I just kind of wander back and, oh, <laughs> oh hey, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> they hear you in the background, like music playing, <laughs> just walking yeah, yeah. around. Taking a shower. Yeah. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> the toilet flushes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, apparently kids were... Uh, Zoom bombing, like 
this kid got on and he was yelling all this racist stuff. Not at my school, it was at a neighboring community, but my principal hears all these things. And another, like, everybody's got stories. Like, one kid apparently didn't realize, I heard this from my friend Chris, not in Massachusetts, that this kid didn't realize his camera was on and he wandered in naked. Oh, Jesus. So the thing is, I don't want to be responsible for any of that. I don't want, you know, it's like, oh, in Mr. So-and-so's classroom, someone was screaming racial things. You know, I just, it's, to me, it's fraught with peril. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's too, yeah too, it's too much to unbundle there. Too much to unbundle, exactly. So, um, I don't know, folks. We, we had sort of a rambling discourse there, but uh, in these uncertain times, I guess they're given to... I mean, you all know Maddie K loves wild, unfounded speculation things. <laughs> I mean, I I live for that rumor mongering. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, he's yeah. just waiting for the gets up, waiting for it. I uh, I read online that the the conspiracy theorists, and you know, we should we'll do a podcast on the preppers because man, this oh, is I their the time. Preppers. This is their time, you know. This well, is... the whole irony is the preppers, there you can't. They've run out of stuff. The preppers, <laughs> so the preppers can only prep for so much, so long. Like, how do you prep for? Like, look, if you're, it's. I mean, there's one thing with like you know trying to find a mask and toilet paper and all that stuff, but if the food supply chain goes down, what are you gonna do? Well, there are people who have... I mean, I saw a guy on Facebook. He claims he's a prepper. He's like a friend of a friend. I don't know the guy personally. He was responding to uh, another friend, our mutual friend on Facebook. And he said, I'm a prepper, so I don't have to leave my house for a year. But he did say, except for medications, blah, blah, blah. So I assume there are some people with cases and cases of soup ready-to-eat meals. I mean, this is what these people do. They have a water supply. A year? That's what he claims. I don't know if that's true. But that that was the whole point, that these are like the people who sink shipping containers in their yards. They have sustainable farms. You know Ronda Rousey? Yes. She apparently, she and her husband are preppers. Like, they have a farm someplace. This guy I've worked with Well, if you have a farm, if you live on a farm, you could do it. Yeah, but there are people who prep. I mean, they, they store up, you know. I mean, my, my parents... Yeah, but how, how are you going to prep if you live in New York City? Oh, I know. I mean, it's not for everybody. How are you going to prep? Well, I mean, they just store up cases of food to eat, you know, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but the, I mean, your apartment's only so big. Oh, I know, I know. It doesn't work everywhere. I know, but preppers are also probably of the mindset they would not live in New York City, if you know what I mean. Oh, I got These you. are kind of the right wing conspiracy sort of not not every. I mean, honestly, my parents because they came out of the World War II nuclear generation. We always had water and stuff like that in the basement because you were you were just in case taught to do that. So, oh, the preppers are loving this. I mean, it's like it's like see, I told you so, basically to them, but. Yeah. To right. me, I'm like, okay, you spend all your time doing that and not really living your life. Um, but then there's also something that, a conspiracy theory that these towers, the cell phone towers, are actually the ones spreading the virus. Oh, uh, <laughs> so the conspiracy theorists, 
this is what they live for. This is it, you know? Oh, I mean, there's and there's also a conspiracy that this was, uh, the coronavirus got leaked out of a lab in Wuhan, and it was mm-hmm. a, you know, biological, uh, what do they call that? Biological, biological weapon. Weapon, yeah. Yeah. And there's theories in Wuhan that this is being spread by the CIA and this came out of an American laboratory. I mean, it's just a free-for-all. You can put, I mean, fill in the blank caused the coronavirus. And there you go. You got your conspiracy theory. Yeah, you could spin that story. Oh, they're loving it. They're loving it. I don't, I never look at 4chan or any of that stuff. I don't want to get drawn into that web. But it's fascinating. Those people. Oh, you you can go down a deep, dark hole. Exactly. And in about a month, I'm just going to be online (laughs) (laughs) weighing right in. I'm loving it. Yeah, these are the people who store up hazmat suits and, you know, they love it. There there was a show, there was a reality show for a while just called Preppers. And that's who these are. Yeah, no, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, some of them have crossbows. They have forts built. I mean, those are the real people dedicated. And they have bunkers, like underground bunkers. Well, there are people like... I remember reading about this probably five years ago, like a lawyer in Chicago, you know, normal guy, wife, kids, whatever. He had a piece of land. He wouldn't disclose where somewhere north of Chicago in the wilderness. And they had basically a fort up there stored with food and, and I think some weapons and stuff like that for this. This is what he was talking about. So he's happy as hell. Happy as hell. All right, folks, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, We'll be back at you this week with more scintillating takes on our current state of affairs. Yes, everyone, thanks for listening, and stay safe and healthy. Yes, and sane. Try to stay sane. And sane, yes. Yeah. All right, thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.